Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. On this Friday, as we head into what should be a spectacular weekend, the NFL, massive games, final exams, as I've been calling them all week long, and it all leads up to the natty on Monday night. Plus, we have a dilemma we will try and get to the bottom of as the morning continues. But speaking of dilemmas, here we go! Only one place to start. I see it as progress. You know, when you're the winning quarterback on the winning team, that's always good, right? He's been part of that. I certainly do see progress. The thing with the Bears is they have done everything to screw this kid up from the beginning. What did you expect? You've done such a poor job of understanding whether or not he's the guy. All right. That's where I want to begin. So Hembo and I have asked our friend Mike Tannenbaum to stay after we wrap up Get Up, and he's been good enough to do it today. We always appreciate it. Mike and I know each other now a really long time, so we have a very jovial relationship in which mostly we make fun of each other. But I want to have a really serious conversation with you here because Hembo and I need this explained to us. For those who don't know, Mike Tannenbaum was a general manager in two different places in the NFL and was like a capologist before that, right? So the, the salary cap is your literal area of expertise, So the decision that is going to be made in Chicago, which I think right now is the most interesting storyline in the entire NFL beyond all the playoffs and stuff like that, fascinates me. Very quickly to catch the entire country up on where we are with this, should they not know. The Bears took Justin Fields in the first round of the draft three seasons ago. They've been mostly awful since then. He has not looked great through a lot of it. Many of us, might mean I'm including myself, believe that was as much based on the circumstance he was in as it was on him himself. He has played much, much better this year. There have been really good moments. This team has played well the last few weeks, probably saved the coach's job, and it sets up a fascinating decision they will make. Because as everyone generally knows, there's a four-year contract with a fifth-year option these first-round um, picks get. And that decision would have to be made by the Bears during this offseason. But the Bears also, by virtue of a trade they made with Carolina last year, have the number one pick in this draft. And there is a quarterback sitting there who many people believe is going to be outstanding, and that is Caleb Williams. So, Mike, I'm not going to put any words in your mouth. If you were sitting in that chair, how do you evaluate that decision? Yeah, this is a great discussion, guys. And the reality is, like, we're going to take the audience into a very real discussion because I always define being a GM as the point guard of information. And when you lay out all the information, to me, the the answer is very apparent. But that's really your job is to distill the complexity. So, basically, when you look at Bryce Young's contract, plus or minus guys, it's about $9.5 million a year for four years. So, let's just start with that. If we draft Caleb Williams, we're going to pay him roughly $9.5 million for four years. And then we say, okay, what is the alternative at the quarterback position? Well, we, do we extend Justin Fields? Is there a fifth-year option? And that number, plus or minus, is going to be, let's just call it 35 to $40 million a year, that new market of, call it Daniel Jones-ish, 
Kirk Cousins will be in that area. So would you extend Justin Fields at, let's say, $40 million a year, or do you want to pay Caleb Williams $9.5 million a year? And what I would say to you guys is the context is everything. I'd rather have $30,500,000 additional for the cap to go do whatever we want. Go acquire Montez Sweat. Go Now, look, Chase Claypool did work out, but the other moves they've made that have been mostly let's give them plus decisions. So on one side of the board is, okay, is it Caleb Williams and $30,500,000, or do we extend Justin Fields? Now, I know the other thing you're going to say is, well, they could trade back. Totally fair. You can do that. The challenges with that are, are a couplefold. Mostly, you got to feel like Justin Fields is going to be an A. We could argue if he's a B or B plus, right? But is he going to be able to consistently compete for a championship? And when you start paying your quarterback, it does limit your other options. And a couple of great examples of Brock Purdy, right? You could go out and get guys like Christian McCaffrey, and you could look at their roster because they're taking advantage of that rookie contract. The inverse is Kansas City. Mahomes' extension kicks in. A couple of those players graduate, most notably Tyreek Hill. So to me, when you look at the totality of it, even if you trade back and could bring Marvin Harrison Jr. in and maybe you know an offensive lineman, I'm still going to go with the franchise quarterback on a rookie deal. Understood. So here's the question I want to ask, and I'll use the team I know best, which is the Jets. The Jets, through other circumstances, have had a lot of high picks in the last few years, and they have put together a roster that has on it Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Sauce Gardner, and Elijah Vera Tucker. Vera Tucker's been hurt a lot, but looks like a very good player. That's five players on rookie contracts. I understand they aren't quarterbacks, but you've got five young guys making very little money right now. It feels to me, because the Bears are not just trading back. The Bears, if you trade out of that number one pick, you're getting three ones for it. We went back and looked at what uh, Carolina got, uh, or the Bears got, I guess, for Bryce Young last year. Right. You would think you should get more than that this time because of the player who was sitting there. So I think we're talking about realistically, like three ones and a two, and maybe an active, you know, a good player already now. So the question is not whether a cheaper Caleb Williams is better than a more expensive Justin Fields. It is how much better does he have to be to justify what you are giving up by not trading away that pick? Right. So the next part of the discussion, guys, and candidly, they're having these conversations about coaches right now. Like, we may like Matt Eberflus, but who can we get that's better? Every decision you make when you run an NFL team is this person, this coach may not be ideal, but who are we going to get that's better? And to me, Greeny, if you're making this decision based on a Marvin Harrison, who I think has a chance to be a really good player, but he's not Tyreek Hill, we could go find productive receivers. To me, if you could get a quarterback that should really be a step up from Justin Fields, it really starts with that. And I get it. Like, I, I want to have – you know, some of those players that you, you listed, Vera Tucker, Johnson, they're good players, but they're not difference makers. We could get that. We should be able to find them. But what we can't find is a guy like Caleb, Caleb Williams. Jump in here, Hembo. Yeah, you just described Caleb Williams as a quarterback that should be a step up from Justin Fields, which I think is probably conventional wisdom. I think that's probably industry group think you might say. But Greeny and I yesterday went through the last 15 quarterbacks drafted number one overall, and we decided that based on expectations when you're drafted at that position – only about 40% of them hit. Six out of 15 is where we landed. The, the, the way, so we, we didn't include Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Because we've, it's just too early to decide. But going back to the, to the year 2000, there have been 15 other quarterbacks who were drafted number one overall. And we said, how many of them 
would have been worth three ones. And the answer was six of them were and nine of them were not. And we were probably being a little generous with some of those. But for the sake of the exercise, that's what we did. The, the question that I have, Mike, is like when you're weighing sort of draft theory, which is asset management versus the evaluation of the player, where, does in, where in that conversation do you bring up the fact that Caleb Williams might not be a generational quarterback? Right. But I think you also bring some other information in like Baker Mayfield was small. Bryce Young was small. I think when you look at Caleb Williams, he should check almost every box. Now, like his turnovers, candidly, guys, it really scares me. And you could go back to Sam Darnold, Greeny. I know that's a sore point, but like there are some similarities between Sam Darnold, who was turning it over in college, turning it over at the Jets. Still, that's been an issue for him. And that's going to be the one question about Caleb Williams. But when some of these guys have failed guys, it's because they lack something. Zach Wilson's not a big guy. Mm -hmm. Like that's to me when you start and look. Caleb Williams isn't a giant like Trevor Lawrence, but that's why when we went into the whole Justin Herbert versus Tua, like that's why they have weight classes in boxing. Like when they're bigger guys that are strong and athletic, it enhances their chances of success. So I think there's a good chance that your player development people are going to sit there and say, I can turn Caleb Williams into a superstar. But it seems to me, Greeny, that that's a very sort of pervasive driving force behind a lot of the mistakes that teams have made at number one overall, too, because over the pre, during the pre-draft process, process, I think it has become so easy to talk yourself into, I can make that guy great. And Mike T, like, as, as we just described, based on our you know, sort of cursory research, like, at best, it's a 50-50 proposition. So if you're assuming that Caleb Williams is going to be this generational-type player, that's just not based on any of the evidence that the last 20 years I'll give you us. the names. So the six we said yes to were Burrow, Luck, Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, Eli, and Michael Vick. Obviously, Vick had the extenuating circumstances, but we decided, would you have traded three ones for him? Yeah, you would have. Uh, On the no side were Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Jameis, Sam Bradford, Jamarcus Russell, um, Carson Palmer, David Carr, and Alex Smith. So, I mean, those were all guys who went went 1-1. And what I don't think happens enough in the NFL, Mike, is that people in in the job you had – and, and the organization don't look at themselves enough and say, did that quarterback fail because he wasn't that good? Or did that quarterback fail because we didn't get it right? Would Sam Bradford, not sorry, Sam Darnold have been a good player if he had been drafted by Kansas City? Would, would Patrick Mahomes be on yeah. track to be the greatest player ever if he had been drafted too by the Bears? These things are the product of circumstance as much as anything else. So I think the ego of some of these people is, well, we're going to take uh, Caleb Williams and we're going to maximize him. But what actually happens is they don't maximize him in the same way they didn't maximize Justin Fields and they didn't maximize Mitchell Trubisky and they haven't maximized anybody since uh, Sid Luckman. Yeah. And, and they wind up talking themselves into mistakes. You know, it's a fair point. And candidly, like if Ozzie Newsom was the fourth person in this conversation, he would agree with you guys. And what Baltimore has done a great job of is, to your point, Greeny, is like we're going to go volume. We're not going to pick any worse or better than anybody else. But if we have more picks, and that's why they play this compensatory uh, system so well. A great example of it was Mark Andrews goes down. Isaiah likely was one of two tight ends that they drafted in the fourth round. One's worked out, Isaiah, likely more than Charlie Kolar, but it's to the point you guys are making mm-hmm. about, like, it is a 50-50 proposition. The The difference for me, though, is Caleb Williams, in the way the game is played today, has the ideal skill set and the ideal size. And, and, not, and Jamarcus Russell and Sam Bradford certainly were big enough 
Carson Wentz obviously was another guy that was, you know, a, a bust in the top three. But I, I think that Caleb Williams, the the risk for him is very reasonable and the cost certainty. The volume play does make a lot of sense. The only other X factor is, like, what is the ceiling on Justin Fields? Because if you're a great quarterback, you have to flash it. I don't think we've seen flashes of greatness. I think we've seen flashes of goodness. So I'm really glad you just used that word, ceiling, because I quote you all the time. For all the fun I like to make with Mike, uh, you're actually very smart, and I listen to the things you say. You always say talent sets the floor, character sets the ceiling. Justin Fields oozes character. I fell in love with that kid the way he handled the Big Ten COVID stuff. All right, and I keep calling him a kid, and I know some people may not like that. He's a year older than my daughter, so I apologize, but that's how I think. But that young man, when he was at Ohio State, the Big Ten, you may remember, first announced, we're canceling the football season. Justin Fields, who could have just sat that year out and bid the second pick in the draft, and, and, and it all would have worked out fine for him, wanted to play and wanted it so badly that he led the players of the Big Ten in all of this organized stuff that ultimately led, or at least contributed to leading, to them playing a season that year, albeit a shortened one. And it wound up knocking him down in the draft, but it was what it was. And then he has come into Chicago. The circumstances have been awful by anyone's um, estimation. And he has shown as much character and leadership through that as I think you could ever um, ask of anyone. So if the, if the talent, which we know he has, sets the floor... And the character sets the ceiling. I think that's a pretty good one-two punch. Yeah, it's a totally fair point. I would add another example of that. Dak Prescott, like his personality works in Dallas. Imagine if it was a more Baker Mayfield-ish type of personality with Jerry Jones. It would just be one fire after the next. So there is something to be said for that. Um, but again, it comes back to how they play. And if Caleb Williams turns out to be close to Patrick Mahomes, it really blows all this other data out of the water. And I know what you're saying, Hembo, which is there's some hubris about the people making these, this decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just part of being there is like you believe in your process. So Justin Fields' character is totally fair. I think he's going to be, again, a real representative quarterback in the league. But again, I'll, I'll throw it back to you guys. Like, would you rather have Gardner Minshew at $5 million or Daniel Jones mm-hmm. at 40? And that's what I'm saying. Like, Context matters. Like, is it worth paying a B, B-plus quarterback $40 million a year? No. Um, well, I, th- I, that I don't know. See, I mean, that's where I, I would ask that question to someone like you because right. I'm not putting together these rosters. But, but like, Jared, like, if Sean Payne was sitting here, he's, I'd rather pay Jared Stidham $5 million than Russell Wilson. But you're two years away from that. Justin Fields is going to make $6 million next year and 25 the year after, which by quarterback standards is a bargain even for a player of his skill set. But, but you're assuming that he's going to walk in every day saying, like, I'm okay pay, playing for six. We just talked about how good his character was. Maybe that's not something he would not do, like Lamar Jackson did not do, like Dak Prescott did not do. I don't know. Or, or, I don't know. Or, or Jordan Love, we're going to find out in a couple months here, right? Jordan Love's schedule will make $6 million next year going into his fifth year. And part of it's the aging community, but you know that those are like two situations mm-hmm. where if I'm Greeny, I, if I was Justin Fields, I would spit back everything you just said to the Chicago Bears. You weren't. I wasn't drafted by you guys. I've been beyond reproach. I've done the right thing, said the right thing. I've gotten better. I've gotten killed with this offensive line, and there's no way I'm playing for that money. I have one word for you. Steelers. You put Justin Fields on the Steelers next year, 
I think that you that that could be that feels in every way like Justin Fields and Mike Tomlin feels like a good fit. Russell Wilson and Mike Tomlin does not feel like a good fit to me. Justin Fields and Mike Tomlin feels like a really good fit to me. I, I everyone keeps talking about Atlanta. I like the look of the possibility in mm. Pittsburgh. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly seven hundred and fifty dollars on average. Re- really good, Mike. Thank you for doing this. I, it's it's a it's a really interesting conversation. I think people got a lot out of it. By the way, Mike will be in Foxborough with Chris Carlin uh, to broadcast on ESPN Radio Jets Patriots this Sunday. Yeah, which could be Bill Belichick's last game, which is unbelievable to say. Unless he he, he, he cedes personnel decisions to someone he has a long-standing relationship with. Ah, no one I can think of off the top of my head. I, I thought the law firm of Greenberg and Tambon was doing great. Revenues were up. I thought we had a better year. No, we are doing very well, but I mean, you know, you and I have never sauntered together the way you have with Bill. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Outstanding work. Coming up next, the most amazing statistic you will hear in all of 2024. Don't miss it on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The assembled members of the hashtag crew have indeed assembled. You've heard from Hembo already. Bubba and Cam are ready to go. We have a dilemma, gentlemen, and we are going to have to get to the bottom of it coming up shortly. First, though, I do have what will be the best statistic you hear in all of 2024. And that's coming up in 30 seconds after this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner 
can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickRanger.com or just stop on by. The Scoop. All right, here's the scoop. Here's a statistic that is going to blow your mind, and I'm going to set it up with the following. Like every now and again, I hear people criticize, not criticizing, frequently I think people who have a vested interest in doing so, trying to diminish other sports and how well they are currently situated in the landscape based upon how they compare to pro football. And I'm here to tell you, as I have been for years, you are making an enormous mistake. That would be like saying, does that guy have a lot of money? And you saying, well, he doesn't have as much money as Jeff Bezos. Well, Jeff Bezos has $150 billion. You can be very, 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 very rich and not have as much money as Jeff Bezos. In fact, if you took the net worth of all the owners in the NFL right now and added them up, it wouldn't be as much money as Jeff Bezos has. You think those guys are rich? So my point is, when you, when you try and make comparisons to what the NBA is doing or Major League Baseball is doing or the NHL is doing, you're making the wrong comparisons. The National Football League is the most successful professional entity in the United States today, and it isn't even close. Nothing dominates the landscape, its own landscape, the way pro football does. I remember on Mike and Mike years ago, I did a fill in the blank where I said, in America, we love blank more than we love football. And the most popular answer was nothing. We love nothing more than we love football. Some people said sex. Some people said money. I'm not 100% sure either of those are true. I'm not sure we love sex more than we love football. I'm not sure we even love money more than we love football. But that's not the conversation for today. Here's the statistic. According to Sports Media Watch, the top 50 sporting events on television in 2023 were all NFL games. In fact, the top 56 sporting events on television last year were all NFL games. Number 57 was Ohio State, Michigan. 56 for 56. People watch football like they've never watched anything, and this is in a time, and you don't need me to go through it with you, of unprecedented media dispersal. This is at a time when every person has the ability, as I did last night, to go to Amazon Prime and watch Reacher, which is the new series that they have on here. The second season just launched, and Stace and I like that show, so we're watching that, and we can watch it anytime we feel like it, and you can do that on Hulu, and you can do that on Netflix, and you can do it anywhere you want. Everybody sits down and watches pro football. That is the only thing left we all do together in America. It has never been more popular, more powerful, and more important than it is right now. I'm fascinated by this, and while this is most definitely not a new phenomenon, I'm very curious what your answer will be when I ask, when did you first start to see this happening? I mean, you've been in this industry for three decades, right? At least. Um, has, has pro football dominated to this degree for what percentage of that? Like, how did we get here? I guess is the best way of asking that question. How did we get here? Pro football surpassed Major League Baseball in popularity in the United States in the 1970s. I remember a wonderful debate. Well, I obviously don't remember that well because I'm about to say that I don't remember who he was debating. But there was a great debate that was broadcast once between Bob Costas 
and someone from football, and I can't remember who it was, and they had a debate over which was America's pastime. And Bob, of course, was arguing for baseball, and someone he was debating was arguing for football. And that was at a time when you could actually have that debate, probably in the early 80s or something like that. That is now a ridiculous conversation to have, as any would be. This started happening, so, so football became the most popular sport in America sometime around then. I've always said the Steelers and the Cowboys, the rivalry between Pittsburgh and Dallas changed America. It changed America's viewing habits. Everyone in America cared. The Steelers were this uh, blue collar, representing a blue-collar city with a blue-collar team, and the Cowboys, you know, with their cheerleaders and the star on the helmet and the fancy schmance and everything else, they were, they were the, the, the super celebrity, glitzy type. And then what has happened since then, and some things are just good fortune. I will diverge quickly by saying if there are young people listening to us right now in a car or anybody else, anyone, if you ever meet a very successful person and you ask them what they believe the keys to their own success are, and they don't mention good fortune somewhere early in their answer, they are either lying to you or they're lying to themselves. Good fortune is a critical piece of success of any kind, individual, collective, or otherwise. So, the National Football League has benefited from society changing the way it has. Practically every change that has taken place in our society has benefited football and has diminished baseball. We just don't live in a world where the beauties of baseball, the things that initially attracted, for 100 years attracted people to it, are as appealing by and large in our culture as they used to be. Timelessness, stillness, quietude, those things are not part of American culture anymore. We, we, we now live in a world where our attention span is literally measured in seconds. It used to be measured in minutes and hours and days and weeks. And that's what baseball is about. Baseball is about minutes and hours. Football is about seconds. And it has gone in that direction. Other things have changed as well. Technology, gambling, fantasy, all these things lend themselves so perfectly to football. They weren't invented for football, but they might just as well have been. Paul Tagliabue and Roger Goodell and all the people running the league, if they could have, if they were the greatest geniuses of all time, would have invented all of those things because they so perfectly suit the product that football brings us. And the last piece of it now is the way the television, as we just described, the way the television landscape has been fractured, has been splintered. Anything that brings big groups of people to the television collectively to watch as one is more valuable than it's ever been. That's why baseball's value is still enormous. Because if I own a, a, a cable network, if I own the Yes Network in New York or I, whatever it might be, I don't need 20 million people watching. I can put 162 baseball games on there that 130,000 people are going to watch, and that's super valuable. So baseball is going to continue to make money hand over fist. Basketball brings huge numbers of people to the television. We scoff at the numbers they bring only because we compare them to what football does. But basketball's value is 
also greater than it has ever been. Watch how much money they make in their upcoming television broadcast negotiations, what, wherever they wind up being. So what I'm saying is every change that has happened in our culture for the last 30 years has benefited football. So when you ask me, how did this happen? The world happened and everything moved in that direction. And I think part of that, as it relates to this conversation specifically, is that they have gotten it right from a TV standpoint perfectly. I mean, it is the best thing on TV to watch. I loathe when I go to a football game because of what I miss. Right. When is the last time you went to a football game because you wanted to? Uh, it's been a long... Well, I, I mean, college games, but not, not pro games. I hate to give up my seat on the couch. For never. Every- I want to watch football with Scott Hansen. That's who I want to watch with. I want to watch football with my family or whoever's over to... And I want to watch with Scott because I count on him. I'm going to have the Jets on one TV, and I used to. Uh, and, and I want to have the red zone on the other, and I'm going to, and I, I count on Scott to show me everything that I need to see. They've somehow managed to make themselves the most telegenic sport, too. I mean, N- the NFL films was decades ahead of anything of the kind. And yeah. if you are any other sport looking to try to chip away a little bit, do, the, what, do whatever you can, experimental or otherwise, to make your television product as good and unique as it possibly can be. Yeah, and and again, football just fits into that perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know exactly how long the game is going to take. There are a million different ways that it all just works. So what I'm trying to say is, it is not, there's nothing in the world like it. There's, I, I can't speak to what's going on in Europe right now and, and, and the popularity of their soccer leagues. I, I know that they are equivalently popular and important. I don't know if they dominate the landscape in the same way culturally that pro football does here, but it's unimaginable. My my daughter, who is just a a very, very normal person who loves Taylor Swift and all sorts of things, has a fantasy team. She plays a daily fantasy every single weekend. She plays DraftKings. She's overwatching the game. She's paying attention. She knows who these people are. She's not really a passionate sports fan at all. But she, she is, all of her friends are. Like the night, Bubba will remember this, Bubs. The night that we had the party at the house and we all watched the first Aaron Rodgers game. Right. Right? It was, it was all these people, there, and it was my daughter and her friends, and they were all in there watching the game entirely the same way that everyone else was. That's another change that has taken place. Sure. Is the growth, people ask me all the time just about the growth in sports in general. And there's two things that have changed massively over the course of the 30 years that I've been doing this. The, the, and in either order you want to put them, one of them is technology, which is to say technology has just changed the way we do everything, including consuming sports. The other is that the, the, the marketplace for sports has literally doubled. When we started doing talk shows in Chicago in the 90s, 1992, there were, the research would suggest that there were 1% of our audience were women. Now, the research here suggests that like 33% of our audience is women. Why? Because over the course of time, because of things like Title IX, more girls grew up playing sports in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and those people, as has been proven since the beginning of time, are 100 times more likely to wind up growing up to be sports fans. And so we have that now. So the audience has doubled. I mean, literally, at least the potential audience has doubled. It it went from something that practically only men were interested in to now something that practically everybody is interested in. That applies, I think, to all sports to some degree, but it has clearly benefited football the most. Yeah, and the week-to-week hype machine has almost become a self-fulfilling prophecy. You have 
I mean, at least in most weeks or in some weeks, like 16 heavyweight fights yeah. that we look forward to the entire week. And then there's always a ridiculously fun payoff. What'd you say, Bubs? Uh, I just I was just saying okay. I, have, I have something quick on this this Go. this website sportsmediawatch.com because all top 56 were NFL games made a list of the most watched non NFL sporting events the top 50 18 out of 50 Wait, don't of tell those me, don't tell me 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 Sorry. I was going to ask you this so you're, you were you about to say 18 of the top 50 are college football games that's correct which is basically a pro sporting event yeah so. yeah but, but but my point is it's 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 all football. Yes. So of the other 32, are I mean, you're going to have like World Series games. You're going to have NBA Finals games. Is, is that what it is? Is the, the, something like, what else would even be in there? The Masters. The Masters are on there. The Kentucky Derby is on there. The uh, Men's National Championship for March Madness is on there. And then there's various World Series, NBA games. And then, like I said, 18 out of 50 college football games. Mm. What I'd like to see is... Out of the top 50 most watched television programs in America in 2023, period, how many of them were pro football games? Out of the top 50 most watched things on linear television, how many of those were NFL games? That's going to be a different sports media watch probably doesn't have that, um, but someone will. And I'm not expecting you to find it in 15 seconds, but that would be interesting to me. What number do we think out of the top 50 most watched things in America on, on linear television last year, meaning uh, broadcast or cable, but not, not digital, meaning something you had to watch when it was actually on? How many of the top 50 do we think were pro football games? I'm going to guess that it's going to be like something like 40 of the top 50, maybe more. I would guess at least because... This is not an election year. It was not an election year, I should say. Like, usually on these lists, you'll see, like, some presidential debates, debates near the top. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, an inauguration. We didn't even have one of those. The Oscar, like, the Academy Awards would be on No one here. watches those yeah, anymore. Yeah. Though. I, have, to, I have the list in front of me for just telecast. The top 14 are all NFL games before you get to the Oscars. Wow. And just with a quick scan, I would say it's probably, like, 45 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that. so that's, again... Don't don't sell short what anyone else is doing by comparing it to football. Nothing is going to compare to football. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Coming up, we're calling them final exams. We're handing out final grades next on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance can protect your small business with over 30 coverage options, an easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and more. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. Going to hand out some grades here. We still have Who You Got coming today. We still have Fortinball coming today. And most importantly, we have a dilemma, gentlemen, that we must get to the bottom of. But I sort of like this for Greeny's Takes. Greeny's Takes. So Cam wrote in the doc, Greeny keeps mentioning how Week 18 is final exams. Let's grade some of the playoff quarterbacks on how they've done this season. Cam, I like it. I like it, too. So I will say the name of the quarterback, and I will hand out the grade. And anyone who wants to jump in immediately with some sort of disagreement or whatever, just jump in. If, if you disagree or if you agree, like if you would agree with me, what are you going to say, Hembo? I. I know, which is annoying as yeah, can all we just get out. Get it out of the way now. That's not allowed. Right. Yeah, that's not. We do not want I. Just just say a word. Like, just jump in with, like, human speech. Agree. How about that? Yeah. yeah. One way or another. Nay. Lam- There's no Lam- I in team, Hembo. Lamar Jackson is the first name on the list. I believe the only grade you can give him is an A. Right? I mean, is it, the, if he would, would it not be an A-plus only because wasn't there a game that he lost this early this year with, like, an inexplicable fumble? Yeah, they kick? lost three games early, and all of them were because of issues that he had in the fourth quarter. Well, but wasn't it one of those games the one where the receivers dropped, like, eight passes right in their hands? Yeah, they had some drops. That one's not on him. Clearly, Lamar Jackson's been the best player in the NFL this year. He gets an A. Right? Okay. I, I assume mm-hmm. everyone agrees with that. Patrick Mahomes. That's a really complicated one. He has gotten so little help. The Valdez-Scantling drop. The Kadarius-Tony drops. The Kadarius-Tony offsides. The, 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 the diminishment, the diminution, or whatever word I'm looking for, of Travis Kelsey's overall skill set. The offensive tackles struggling to protect him at times. Um, Mahomes is not the feature, not the focal point of that team's regression offensively. But you can't give him an A. So I guess I would go with a B. You can't give him an A? 
I don't think you'd give him an A. Would you give him an A? I'd give him, at worst, an A-. minus. You just effectively said he's doing so in spite of. In spite of tackles that keep getting penalized. A receiver core that can't get out of their way. A diminished Travis Kelsey. I don't see a drop-off in play from Patrick Mahomes. I do. You see a drop-off in play from Patrick Mahomes. Tell me how. He was so bad against the Raiders. Like, terribly bad. I understand he's got, like, no one to throw to. And when he does, they're dropping passes. But... He has not been, I think, the same player a large in large part because of who he's throwing to, but there are plays that just don't look like Patrick Mahomes' plays far more often than we've seen in the past this season. I, I I'd hover on like a B-minus that's fair. Type, that's fair, Cam. type grade. I don't think he's been good at all this year. The question, though, is like how much of that is because of the environment? Does, it, does he feel like he has to almost play out of character, take other perhaps unnecessary risks because of those right. circumstances? Right, so, so we give him the benefit of the doubt because he's him, and I am, but I, I am... I'm, the, the simple fact that we're asking the question suggests it's not been grade A work. It's, it's not been A-level work. Now, you might say no one in that situation could have earned an A, and maybe that's true. But the reality is, if Lamar Jackson is an A, I can't give Patrick Mahomes an Fair A. Fair enough. So, I mean, right now he's thrown either four and he's not going to play this week, right? No. So he threw 14 interceptions this year, 27 touchdowns. 14 interceptions, 67% completion, 4,200 yards. Again, by most people's standards, that's a season you would kill for. And maybe he is a victim of the lofty standards he himself has set. But even so, I don't think I can give him anything higher than a B. Jordan Love. Jordan Love is going to get a B plus or maybe even an A minus for me. He has played so well the second half of this season. His numbers have been remarkably good. He's done it with a banged-up receiving core and surrounded by a lot. In fact, I think I'm going to go A-. minus. I think when you take everything into account, and he's had some bad days, but those are the growing pains that come with a player starting for the first time. I'm going to go A- minus on Jordan Love. His numbers are beyond belief, at least lately. Uh, over the last eight games, effectively half the season, since Week 10, he leads the NFL in total QBR. Jordan Love, by the most important quarterback metric, is the best quarterback in the NFL in the second half of the season. It's 18 touchdowns against three interceptions with 33 explosive plays against 11 sacks, which is an absurd ratio. If we're just judging people based, see, that's why this grading system is complicated, Bubba. And and many people may not know this, but uh, before Bubba's now legendary career in radio production, Bubba was actually a college professor. And so you have a better understanding of this than I do. Like, do we grade people based upon their own realistic expectations or are we grading them against each other? Because if we're grading them against each other, I can't give Jordan Love as high a grade as I've given Lamar Jackson. But if we're grading it based upon what I think was reasonable to expect from him, I think I would give him an A. Well, I I don't think you can give him an A just because you have to factor in the first half of the season as well. Yes, the second half was an A, but we can't just ignore what happened in the first half. So, But those were the, weren't those the growing pains that are, sure. are reasonable to expect? I mean, his numbers this year are going to wind up better than the numbers Aaron Rodgers had in his first year starting with Green Bay. But still, I, I, me personally, I just don't think that means you just automatically give him an A for having a, a really good second half. That, that to me is not, I would say that's a solid B season. Like, hey, maybe a B plus. Like, hey, you, you know, you, you had a good, a really good second half, but not having a good eight, and that's half the season. What, what grade do you give him? I'm Bubba? giving him a B plus. I agree with Bubba. Cam. Yeah, I'm hovering B plus, A minus. Also, did you know that Jordan Love has thrown for more yards this season in his first year starting than any Bears quarterback has in a single season? 
in, in, in NFL history. Yeah. I mean, in, in the Bears history, which is NFL history. Right. Yeah, that's a depressing little number there. We could have lived all day without that. Well mm. played, Cam. Next is Jalen Hurts to my two Eagles fan friends. Here's another one where I feel most of the things that have gone wrong for them have not been his fault. I'm also convinced he's not healthy and hasn't been healthy pretty much all year long. That said, I can't give him an A. I mean, would you give is, is a B too high? I'd give Jalen Hurts a C plus for his play this season. A C, C plus. plus. Yeah. Is that, is that too low for you? I mean, I'm interested. To, you guys watch him snap in, snap out. So, I don't. Cam, here, here's sort of my rationale. So we know what, what is in his bag because he demonstrated it last year. He was the MVP runner-up one season ago. He's basically got the whole infrastructure back, just minus the offensive coordinator. He's doubled his turnovers. He has become more sack-prone. He has made far fewer good decisions and way more bad ones and has uh, regressed considerably in the run game. If there's stuff about his, him physically... That we don't know. Look, those are things that we don't know. All I can do is watch every snap like I do and look at the numbers. He's not close to the player that he was last year. And I think it's fair to compare Jalen Hurts to Jalen Hurts considering his circumstances aren't that much different. I'm going C-plus for Jalen Hurts. What do you have, Cam? Yeah, I'm, I'm C-plus, B-minus range once again. Um, yeah, I'm rating these guys based on relative to their standard and expectation. And he has played far below that. I have no doubt that in... A better circumstance with you know the right play caller. I don't think they have one in there right now that he can get back to that MVP type player. But he has not been that this season. He's way more mistake prone, and I think a lot more of this offense's struggles is on him than uh, you know some people maybe up until the last couple weeks would have liked to admit. Let me do one more, and Bubba, I'll start with you. What grade do you give Dak Prescott? Oh, it's got to be an. I can't say an A plus, but definitely an A. I mean, going into the season, all we talked about is. Can he limit the turnovers? And that's exactly what he's done. He's stepped up in the big games. He's he's won on the road. He's done a he's done a. Why great... are you laughing? Wait, for some reason, Hembo is laughing. He's absolutely right. I don't know <laughs> if he is right. Why are you laughing? <laughs> right or wrong, there's just something extraordinary about about watching Bubba do that, wearing a Dak Prescott jersey. Well, it was just perfect. But but I mean, it's he's wearing the right jersey, and, and all the words giving, are true. Are you not giving him an well, A? Cam, uh, apparently, Cam's saying I don't think they true. are true. He said he stepped up in the big games he threw three picks and lost by 32 to san francisco and he's three and five on the road what are you talking about Ooh, that's a pretty good comeback data what what are you facts i mean yes not not in every big game has he been great i would agree with that they lost to the bills too if lamar jackson is an a then what is that i'm giving that they lost to the eagles and it was not he dominated that game so yes i mean has a minus have they lost have they lost on the road because of him every game no so i mean I, i would give him I think it's just a flat A. He's been, he's been borderline MVP candidate. He's been unbelievable. He has. A minus. A minus. He was the MVP of the league two weeks ago. Cam and I are not going to give Dak Prescott an A. It's been an interesting conversation. All right, we'll continue with this as we go. Again, who you got is on the way. But up next, we have a dilemma. We need to figure it out right after this. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.